Welcome to CEO Conversations, the private practice podcast. I'm your host, Brandi Mabra. This is your one-stop shop to learn the business side of your practice on a deeper level. On this show, we empower you to own your CEO status to scale your practice for growth, sustainability, and profit. Listen in as we talk about how to market your practice to gain more visibility, hire, build, and engage your ride-or-die dream team, create streamlined operations, and make financial decisions as a CEO. It's time to show up as a confident leader to create a practice and life you love. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of CEO Conversations, the private practice podcast. Yes, we're diving in to quarter four planning. So over the past few weeks, you have been getting some tidbits when it comes to team, money, marketing. If you're on our email list, you've also been getting some tidbits when it comes to business planning by asking you questions about marketing, money, team, operations, and it's all designed to help you get ready for quarter four. So at the time of the recording of this episode, quarter four is happening October 1st of 2023. So that is just a few short days away, few short days away. And I cannot wait just to see what's in store. So the title of this episode is There's Magic Waiting for You in Q4. Because quarter four is actually, I would say quarter one and quarter four are my two favorite quarters. Because it it's a matter of like you go into quarter one and you're so excited because it's like the start of the new year. And it's just like everything is possible, right? And so you set out your goals. And then for quarter two, quarter three, things start to become very real about the goals that you set, maybe some intentions that you had, what you thought was going to work out, what isn't working out, you know, what you thought the money was going to look like and what the money isn't looking like. All of those things definitely come to flourish in quarter two and quarter three. But quarter four, quarter four is like, For me, I say quarter four is go time, right? And so between now and the time for the holidays, then we're really deep in it, right? And even now, like we have clients who are re-enrolling, we have new clients coming on board, and it's just a really, really magical time. And even at the time of this episode, when you hear it, I'll actually be with our clients in Charlotte, North Carolina for our two and a half day luxury CEO retreat, own your CEO status. So it's just a really, really good time. I love the fall anyway. And, you know, so when we're thinking about planning, you have to be in a place of, okay, what are the trends? You know, what's happened? What did this time last year look like? Personally, professionally, you know, a lot of times when we're talking about numbers or when we're talking about the the performance of the practice, everything tells a story, but a lot of the story we already know, right? We know maybe some things that have already happened based on trends from the past couple of months, or maybe from last quarter, we know what could potentially happen because of what happened last year. This time we know things could, that uh, for things that could potentially happen, because if you even go into the future, you already know what things look like for the practice, even going into October, November because it's already maybe on your schedule or it's already scheduled for your providers 
where it's scheduled for yourself. Like there's so many things, like once you start to dig into your practice, that your practice will tell you that you will, that things will be revealed. What we like to do is we like to show up to situations and be like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that this was going to happen. And we're now at the mercy of the situation compared to being the one in control of the situation. So when I talk about business planning, it's all about being proactive. Now, plans will change. So it's not like you're going to go through, do all these plans, and everything is going to happen to a perfect T. So for my perfectionists out there, no. (laughs) Business planning is not about perfection. It's actually just about, hey, this is what we're intending to do. This is what the intentions are. This is what the goals are. But things will happen. You know, things are going to throw you off track. So if you're already prepared for it, then it makes you like going through your practice so much easier, so much easier. All right. So let's go ahead and dive in, dive in. So the point of this episode is to help you tie everything together. So you've been getting a lot of different nuggets. So we're going to now put everything in a nice, pretty package with a nice, beautiful bow. So that way, when you sit down with your favorite beverage, then you're ready for quarter four. You are ready for quarter four. So let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. Today's motto, one hour of planning saves 10 hours of doing. So for those of you who are like, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. Brandy, do you know what my schedule looks like? Brandy, do you know what my team is doing to me? Brandy, do you know how busy my family is? Brandy, it sounds good, but I just don't have time for it. One hour of planning saves 10 hours of doing. So imagine if you just sit down and think about your practice for an hour or plan out your week for an hour. 10 hours, what would you do with an extra 10 hours in your day, right? And even for me, I'm up against the same thing. I have a family, life is busy, life be life in, all this stuff, but we always make time to plan. And when we don't, because I'll be honest, sometimes we don't, I hate it. I hate it because it's like, what are we doing? What are we not doing? My team is confused. I am confused. I find that my productivity is not as, is not at peak. I find that I'm tired. I find that I'm like chasing after things compared to being in control of things. And that's an office awful space to be in. So I've tried all of it. I've tried not planning. I've tried planning. And I would always rather plan compared to showing up without a plan. Even going back to all the practices that I've been in, the second that I decided to own my CEO status and the second that I decided to actually just sit down and pay attention to what was happening, And the second that I decided to pull my team in and say, hey guys, this is what we're focusing on or what do you think about what we're focusing on? Do you have any feedback? How are things going? How are things flowing? What's happening is the second that my life got easier, right? It was the second that I was able to take a vacation. It was the second that I was able to stop working all the gazillion billion hours that I was working. So planning is your friend, it is your friend. So I know that there's team I don't plan. I just show up and life just happens and it's great. And then I know there's team. Oh no, everything has to be planned to a T. So I think there's the best of both worlds. So do what works for you. And everybody has their own way of planning. You know, with part of the work that we do with our clients is plan. And I show them my way of planning and what we're going to go through is my way of planning. But I want you to take this information and find a way that works for you. And I'll even talk about like some of the clients that I work with, even when we go through planning, for example, I'm meeting with a client next week and they've already sent me their quarter four plan for me to review. And there's three areas of focus that's on their plan. 
right? And so this is what works for them based on the planning format that we've gone through. And so for their focus is just operations, people, revenue, and new business. So that's like what's on their plan. What we're going to talk about, because I want each person to get used to diving into their practice, looking at their six pillars, then we're going to go through the pillar method when it comes to planning. So the purpose of planning is for you to conduct a successful business planning retreat. So one of the things I highly recommend is if you are not productive in your office, when you actually try to sit down and think, take yourself out of your office, whether if it's going to, you know, I love working out of like hotel lobbies. I love being able to work out at sometimes coffee shops. I love being able to put myself in a space where nobody's going to bother me. You know, it's one of the reasons why clients fly in to work with me. So that way they don't have to be bothered. You know, they're not getting interrupted. They actually have time to think about the mission and the vision and the clarity for where the practice is going, because that's your job, right? Even if you're by yourself, you still need to have a mission and a vision and clarity for what you're doing in the practice. And if you have a team, so for my group practice owners, if you have a team, you definitely need to show up with the mission and vision and clarity for where the practice is going because your team is relying on that. So if you're not taking the time or putting yourself in an environment that feels good to you or where you feel productive or where you can actually step into the vision, then you're not really setting yourself up for success. So one of the things I always recommend is to take yourself out of the space if you need to and put yourself in a space that feels good. The other thing is be prepared, you know, be prepared, have your calendar ready, um, you know, paying attention to what's happening with the family. If there's any big events that you have coming up, if there's any holiday parties, especially since quarter four goes into the holidays, if there's anything happening with the kids or, um, what else? Just ask the kids like, Hey, do you have any big projects? Like I have to have these conversations with my kids. They're older, but there's always springing something on me, you know, Hey mom, can you do this? Hey mom, I need this. So same thing with my significant other. Hey, by the way. So trying to be proactive when it comes to your schedule and actually having those types of conversations is really helpful. That's all part of the U pillar. So we're going to start with the U pillar first. Um, and then we'll dive into the six pillars, right? So the you pillar is you as a CEO. So it is what helps you set the tone. So if you're on the email list, you got an email with a couple of questions and it's about this very thing. You know, what events do you have coming up? What needs to happen with your schedule? How's your energy doing a review of how did you feel this past quarter for me? this past quarter, quarter three was tough, <laughs> tough. And so I'm recognizing for quarter four, there's a lot of things that I need to do to maybe set myself up better. Right. And so, you know, there was a lot of growth that happened for me in quarter three, both personally, professionally. Um, and it was all great things. You know, I traveled to do some speaking. We started this podcast. Um, you know, I ended up having to transition for some folks on my team. Like, so there was a lot that happened in quarter three, which stretched me. It did. It stretched me um, in all kinds of ways. And so one of the things that I recognized was my self-care kind of got pushed to the side. And so 
I was tired. A lot of the videos that you guys have seen, and even with my clients, um, is I have a fatigue hat that I wear. And now at this point in time, I say it's almost like part of my brain. It's one of my favorite hats. It's what I, this is the hat I wear on vacation. It's the hat that I wear, you know, just to throw on. So my mom used to say growing up, you need like a go to hell hat. And the go to hell hat is like when you're having a bad hair day or when you just have a bunch of stuff that you just need to get done and you just need to throw on something. Well, that's my fatigue hat. So you guys have seen me in my army fatigue hat a lot. <laughs> and it's because, you know, one of the things I want to do for myself is around my hair. I, I am natural. Uh, my hair is very thick. It is long and it is a lot. So with me anytime especially with the weather like cooling down but we've had some humid days too with like the rain and different things and so my hair has been very frizzy and so one of the things i have aspirations of doing is making sure that i have regular hair appointments right so that's what i'm going to be doing going into quarter four regular hair appointments one of the things too is my my beautician my amazing beautician who has been doing my year my hair for gosh 10 plus years um she has transitioned to another career so that's part of it too but you know i have a new stylist who is amazing and so i'm going to make sure that i'm doing that for myself on a routine basis so that way my hair feels good i can stop wearing this hat and it's just going to help with a lot of different things so what's that for you you know what are some things that maybe you can incorporate for yourself going into quarter four to help you show up more empowered make you feel good force you to stop and actually pay attention to what you know you have going on in order to spoil yourself so that's truly what the you pillar is all about so what so what's coming up for you what is coming up for you so the second pillar that we're going to dive into is the financial pillar the financial pillar is important because it has to do with the revenue that's coming into the practice and the money like i've said multiple times and like every episode we've talked about money one way shape or form every single episode and even some of the upcoming episodes that we have we have some financial guests and things too that are going to be coming but like the money piece is so important because without the money you can't move within the practice right like you sometimes it can even contribute to burnout that you feel within the practice if the money isn't isn't right so you having a financial goal you paying attention did you hit your financial goal if you did hit it why why not actually paying attention to your numbers you know there's a dashboard a practice performance dashboard that our clients get and with them it's actually taking the time to fill out the dashboard so you know your numbers numbers tells a story data i love data because when you put data with emotions it allows for you to make a decision right compared to if you're just always making decisions out of the emotions you know or if you're making decisions out of a scarcity mindset the data actually helps you to put some sense around it right and so there are times where you do where you do have the wiggle room i love when folks feel or are scared to hire or they think they can't hire or you know the scarcity part is jumping in and then they actually talk to their accountant or they actually pay attention to the numbers and they recognize like oh i actually have the wiggle room or the budget to bring on somebody 
oh, okay, why? Because you were trying to make a decision from an emotional place compared to making a decision with data, you know, with what's the, what's the evidence, you know? And so a lot of times when we even talk about limiting beliefs, as you know, it's about what's the truth, you know, what is the evidence? Like, what is the true evidence showing you? And you make a decision from that, right? Instead of making a decision from what you believe or maybe something that's happened to you in the past, you know, what, what's the data telling you? So the money, the money tells you a lot. Most times I hear, I want to make more money. I want to make more money. I want to be profitable. I want to be able to pay myself more. I want to be able to take a vacation. I want to be able to maybe buy a new house or get a new bag or be able to uh, save money or to be able, you know, I have a, for me, I have a, a near college student. So that's part of my goal is I'm now putting money aside for college and continuing to do so. And so what does that look like for you? If your practice is not profitable, or if your practice isn't making the amount of money that it needs to make, something has to change. And this is a version, I always say it, everybody's revenue goals are going to be different, right? So what's your version of success? From a business perspective, I always talk to seven figures and eight figures because I see it. Those are the clients that I work with. And it's possible. It's definitely possible. So I always definitely try to make sure I paint that picture. Um, but I know there's some folks who I work with who are just happy with six figures. I'm good at six. I'm good at multi-six. You know, I don't have the aspirations of maybe getting the seven. I don't know if I want what comes with seven figures or eight figures, right? So there's different levels of leadership with each level of growth. And a lot of that is tied to the amount of money that's coming into the practice. So you have to be very clear on what your financial goals are and whether or not you're hitting them. And if not, why? So a couple of questions for this pillar, especially as you're diving in, is how much money do you need to run the practice? And how much money do you want to bring into the practice? Those are your questions. And for you, what needs to happen as you're doing that? right and so you can go back and review quarter three you know there's a lot of data in quarter three if you actually pull reports and look at your providers or how you did or your visit numbers or you know your expenses like all those things that might feel a little scary when it comes to the money piece but that pillar is going to tell you a lot of what's happening and what's not happening so i want you to definitely take the time to do a to do a review and to think about what's happening in the money piece. If you need to, there's the podcast episode, Money Conversations, that you can go back and listen to, especially if you're telling yourself a money story. So that way you can definitely show up. I want you to have a practice that is profitable and is sustainable and for you not to be broke. <laughs> that is my, that's my biggest goal is I don't want anybody to be broke, right? And so even when we have clients who are you know because sometimes like the revenue it does like sometimes like especially with slower seasons and so it makes me uncomfortable if you are telling me like the money piece is a struggle for me or i want to be more profitable and so what for me i'm automatically jumping to our next pillar marketing 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 if you are complaining about money nine out of ten chances it's there's something happening in the marketing pillar right there's something when it comes to visibility or there's three phases of marketing and then within one of those phases something is off 
right? And so I've seen this in my business where maybe I've gotten to a place where I'm comfortable, I'm not showing up as much, the visibility isn't there, maybe we're not doing as much outreach or pitching, or maybe we're not doing partnerships and collaborations the way that we were. Um, uh, whatever that looks like for your marketing strategy, if you were saying, I want to make more money, I guarantee you something is happening with visibility or you need to increase visibility. And this is definitely for my group practice owners because the more providers that you hire, the more important a marketing strategy is. I always say it's really easy to get yourself filled, you know, for you to build your own panel. It's something completely different when you start to dive into trying to build other people's panels, right? And it's a team effort. That is why I always say in the private practice space, one of the things that drives me crazy is, well, my providers depend on me to do all the marketing as the owner. Okay, well, you're only one person. So trying to do all the marketing, run the practice, see folks because the money isn't isn't right, that's exhausting. That is exhausting. So marketing is a team effort. Um, you know, even with some of the conversations that I know are going to happen at the retreat, it's marketing is a team effort. So most of our clients and what I what I push, I'll be honest, is like your providers need to step into their expertise too, right? Your providers can step into their authority too. It doesn't just have to fall on your shoulders. So that's really important, especially when it comes to the marketing piece. So as you're thinking about marketing, there's three questions that you need to ask yourself. How do you want to get new eyes on your practice? Because you should always have like a new pipeline, you know, coming in new blood, because that's important how do you want to engage and nurture your existing folks that are part of your world? So this would be your potential patients, your potential clients. This is the folks who are already part of the practice. People forget about their existing panel. <laughs> like you have people who are already part of your practice. Are you nurturing them? Are you checking in? Are you outreaching? Are you sending tips? You know, every EHR usually has a portal you can easily send a message to that portal. Let's say that if there's a certain diagnosis that you want to tackle, or if there's a certain month, you know, you could send a message to just engage those folks for potential. There's so many possibilities when it comes to newsletters or uh, social media or hosting a workshop or a webinar, you know, you see a lot of these things in my own mar marketing strategies, but when it comes to a practice, there's so many things, you know, like you can provide talks, you can provide drop-ins, you can um, do lunch and learns, you can do online, offline, like so many opportunities in order to get new eyes on your practice and to engage and nurture people who are now part of your world. The third phase of marketing is how do you want to ask for the commitment? So the commitment is the commitment for the person to actually become part of your practice, right? Where they are actually coming in and getting services. How do you want to do that? Do you want to just say at the end of a social media post, book a consultation today? Do you want to maybe host a workshop and at the end, go ahead and schedule your consultation? Do you want to maybe invite them to with a particular provider or a particular service? Like, what does that look like? And in what format are you going to ask for the commitment, right? A lot of times folks miss the format of how they need to ask for the commitment. So regardless if it's online or offline, people still need to know what is the direction I need to take or what is the action I need to take in order to become part of the practice, right? In order to get help. 
a lot of people show up online, do a lot of stuff. A lot of people show up offline and do a lot of stuff and they forget the most key thing. Hey, this is the next step that you can take in order to get help from me and my providers, right? So you want to make sure within that marketing strategy, step up, you know, step up. Marketing, I always say, is one of the hardest things to tackle mindset wise, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, um, there's something, there is some type of level that you're going to get to marketing where it's going to be like, er, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. And so there's always an opportunity for you to step up the marketing that you're doing for your practice. And I would rather, one of the things I say, I would rather for you to have full schedules and a wait list because things can change. Providers can leave new providers can be hired and that all comes down to marketing so even for folks who are like oh i'm good my schedule is full keep marketing for those who don't have full schedules keep marketing you know and so that's going to definitely help that financial piece for sure so what is the marketing plan for you and the practice right what does that look like so that is pillar number three the third pillar is operations and so when you're thinking about operations it's all about feeling, right? Like, how do you feel when it comes to the practice? Most times when you are in a well-oiled practice, it feels different. It feels good. It flows. When things are flowing, you feel it. You don't feel chaotic. You don't feel pulled in multiple different directions. You don't feel like things are off. So I have been in some really busy practices you know, multiple locations, um, a lot of different personalities, a lot of different things going on, a lot of different workloads, processes, systems, you know, happening. And I could always tell when our practice was chaotic because of how it felt. I could see it all over my team's face, you know, for how they're showing up. So even for the smallest practice, how are you feeling? What's happening with your team? How does your team feel? Because they might not necessarily be able to articulate it, but they'll feel it right? Something feels off. Things feel hard. It might be where you're frustrated. You might be looking for something that you can't find. Um, it might be where things just manual, right? You'll have complaints. If you get complaints, we're saying, hey, no one called me back. Or if things feel hard to schedule, or if you don't feel people can get on their, get on your schedule for like referrals or connecting with people feel hard. All of that is operations, right? If the process takes you way too long and you feel like, I don't think it should take this long. That's probably an operational problem, right? That's a workflow opportunity. Those when, so whenever you hear workflows, processes, systems, procedures, all that's operations, AKA, how do you get stuff done in your practice? <laughs> Either you get things done in a streamlined way, or other words you might hear, effective or efficient, or you're getting it done in the most jankiest way possible, and it just doesn't feel good. It just is like, what in the world? And that's usually a sign that things aren't written down, policy and procedures, people don't know where to find stuff, people are coming to you asking you all the questions, and even if you have a hub, you still need to make sure that people use it, right? So all of that is in operations, all of it. So my number one question, anytime we're talking about operations is how do things feel? When you sit in your practice, how do things feel? Do you feel stressed? Do you feel frustrated? Do you feel like things could probably run better? 
that's your opportunity. The one thing I say about operations, operations is always ongoing. So anytime that we're working with clients and we give them an operational action item, it's always ongoing. There might be specific deadlines when it comes to documenting like a certain policy and procedure, but you should be asking your asking the question, how are things running on a continual basis? Because it affects so much. You have processes and systems and procedures in every single pillar, right? So you have financial processes and systems. You have marketing processes and systems. You have you, you know, how you move processes and systems, right? You have team processes and systems, like a hiring process. So every single pillar is impacted by workflows. So if your workflows are not efficient, you're going to feel it. Your team's going to feel it the clients and patients you're serving are going to fill it. So it's really important that you actually take the time to pay attention. The other thing I say, operations is one of the most unsexy pillars there is. Nobody wants to do it. When I very rarely, very rarely, because we do, we have a couple of clients who are like, oh, I love a good policy and procedure. Um, and that's me. I'm like, oh, I love a good policy and procedure. You know, you can hold people accountable with a good policy and procedure. You can have a clear conversation, you know, with a good job description, a, a good like SOP. Um, you know, this is the policy. It's, it changes things when you're sitting down and you're talking to somebody and you're saying, well, this is the policy that we have in place for this situation. Or this is what we talked about in the contract. And it's outlined that you are supposed to see 22 patients or 22 clients. You know, it's different when you have that type of conversation, right? Compared to, well, we talked about, you know, having a different process. And we said that, I remember when we hired you, you said that you would be able to see, you know, X amount of people and now fast forward, those people aren't being seen in the schedule or, I remember when we talked about like, no, it's documented, right? And that takes time. So that goes back to the planning piece. And it's frustrating if you already feel like, I don't have time to do just the stuff that I already need to do, let alone sit down and write down a policy and procedure. But it goes back to the same reason why you actually need to plan. One hour of planning saves 10 hours of doing. If you have a policy and procedure, if you have things documented, if you actually have a place where all your team knows to go to get what they need, to get the resources that they need to be successful, it will save you so much time. So much time. I'm even losing my voice, <laughs> if you can hear. All right, so that's operations. You know, it's just, it's all about feeling, all about feeling. And like I said, one of the biggest things is when we're talking about productivity, when we're talking about profitability, marketing is definitely the number one thing for profitability, you know, the money piece. That's like, so if you're trying to troubleshoot your practice, then you'll go to marketing. The second place I want you to go to that can also affect your profitability would be operations, right? The operations, when things are operationally inefficient, it's a slow it's like it's it's a it's a slow leak of money. It's not very glaring compared to if you just don't get enough visibility that you see that very quickly. When it's operational, money will come in, so it almost masks the problem, right? So it's a matter of you actually taking the time to pay attention 
and asking yourself the question again, how do things feel? How do you, how do things feel? So that's operations, which is going to affect the next pillar, your team. So your team, you want to be productive as a CEO, your team needs to be productive as a CEO. And so the last episode, we went deep into whether or not your team is an asset or a liability. It's always one or two camps. Either your team is an asset and making your life easier, definitely engaged, or your team member is a liability. You know, that position either isn't fitting what they got going on or that team member isn't fitting in the position any longer. So make sure that you go back and pay attention to that episode if you're wondering, you know, what do I need to do for team? Part of that homework was for you to actually sit down and rate your team on a scale from one to 10 and to get clarity for what that what's happening with that team member and also get clarity for what's happening in the position that they're working in, right? A lot of times the frustration when it comes to team is you are trying to get other people who have their own experiences, their own skill sets, their own strengths, their own weaknesses, their own, you know, like good qualities, bad qualities, personalities, all of it, you know, coming to the table and you have to manage that. This is where leadership is so important. And this is why I say leadership is a skill set, right? You can't manage everybody the same. You lead people differently, depending, and you lead situations differently. So depending on how you show up naturally as a leader, one of the things that I had to learn during my journey is how I was showing up in different situations required a different type of leadership, right? So that's why there's leadership styles. The other thing is your team is going to push you It's just a matter of time. So for the advanced owners that I work with who have larger teams, they start to recognize like, man, like they're hitting, they're hitting some doozies. I'll be honest that they weren't even prepared for. And it's a matter of, okay, I've hit a stage of growth where this can really happen. (laughs) And when they tell me, I'm like, oh yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's why you need a good policy and procedure for that situation. Um, You know, and so it's a matter of, your team will be the most rewarding thing that you can build, but it can also be the most frustrating thing at the same time. I'm not even gonna lie. Some of the things I've had to tackle over over my years of experience is crazy. And some of the biggest frustrations have been with my team, but it required me to step up as a leader, right? It required me to get more knowledge. It required me to understand people on a deeper level And for most of my audience that's listening to this, I know you understand people on a deeper level. So leadership, it's just a matter of navigating it, right? Sometimes what happens is because you're so close to it, it's harder for, and you're the one actually facing the situation, it's harder to decipher when to use different type of leadership styles or different types of communication or when to recognize maybe somebody needs to be promoted or to recognize when someone actually needs to be fired. So I woke up to a message today from one of our clients where one of her team members submitted their resignation because of a hard conversation that should have happened like three years ago, (laughs) literally three years ago. So it's challenging, it's difficult. And because naturally as, as healthcare professionals, we're heart centered. We want to be like, I don't want to be mean and I'm here to help and I want everyone to be well. And so we take these mindsets and we put it onto our team. And you can't necessarily manage a team when you are trying to diagnose everything that's happening with them, right? And they're they're your team. They they are showing up 
the best way that they know how, but it's your job as the CEO to make sure that you're paying attention to what's happening again with those positions, what's happening with that team member, and you're planning for it, right? So when you're thinking about your team, what hires do you need to make in your business? I'm always paying attention to what's the next hire. So at this point in time with our clients, we're preparing for provider hires for 2024, January, 2024, but we're in, you know, October, right? Getting ready to go into October. That's three months for a hire. Most people just wing it and just hire. You see this a lot with just hiring provider after provider after provider after provider and not actually stopping to pay attention to what with the current provider is that working? You know, you should be slow to hire and fast to fire always. So with the hiring, you want to have time to interview. You want to have time to get the job description right. You want to have time to alter your strategy. At this point in time, trying to recruit, especially when it comes to providers, is more or less like you have to implement like a whole marketing strategy just to hire, right? And so it's very, it's it, you have to get creative. So we have clients who are having to come up with hiring events and meet and greets and doing coffee chats and um, you know, honestly going in and to bigger companies and poaching and I mean, all kinds of things in order to get team, right? Which is crazy. That is crazy. And it can be frustrating, but at the end of the day, you need time to do all that, right? So if you were in a crunch, if you were hiring from a place of desperation, like, oh, I just need someone today, you know, so whether if it's an admin or a clinical, then guess what? Guess what? you're going to feel that and that hire and that hire is not going to work out. And then that hire is going to be the person that you are either just settling for or just, well, I guess it'll, I'm just going to make it work when you don't want to make it work. And then fast forward three years later or four years later, that person's still there. Now you've lost money, right? So you need to make sure that you're taking the time to actually think about with your planning how's my team doing? Am I happy with my current team? That's why going through and rating on a scale from one to 10 is so helpful. And then who's the next hire? What does that look like? Well, what's the next hire after that, right? So making sure that you're actually paying your, paying attention to that. So are there any team members that you want to promote in the upcoming quarter? Really paying attention to that. And then is there any team members that you need to fire? I hate to be that way, but it's true. You know, it's just real talk, real talk. So that's your team pillar. The last pillar that we're going to dive into is practice experience. And I feel like this is another pillar right along with operations that people just kind of, eh, it's, it's there. It's there. I'm from the school of thought. You always ask for feedback. So even with the clients that we work with, we ask for feedback a lot. You know, I'm asking for feedback on a personal basis, like just DMing, say, how are you doing? Is, you know, how can we improve? We have formal surveys at my um, ad, like my director of operations you know, sends out. Um, so that way we can, that I don't see, I don't see names or anything like that. She does a really great job of making sure that I don't see those things. Um, you know, so that way we get feedback, even like I said, with the retreat that we're, you know, that, that technically when this episode is coming out, I'm now, you know, in part of, we ask for feedback after the retreat too. So that way we know at key moments, what needs to change, what needs to improve. I'm of the school of thought. There's always something that you can improve when it comes to the experience that you provide, right? Always, always. You just have to be open to listen to it. So even if you are getting five stars, okay, why are you getting five stars? So that way you can do more of it. Or there might be somebody who just maybe didn't take the time to 
you know, to say anything. And they're telling their friends out there in the streets, oh, no, 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 I know what they're saying. It's five stars, but really it's not. It's like a four. <laughs> you just never know. You just never know. So always taking the time to ask for feedback. Inside a private practice CEO, everyone gets like a template for a survey that they can use. Um, and I always recommend to ask for feedback formally, at least on a quarterly or a biannually basis. I would say in quarter four, if you have not asked for feedback, ask for feedback now. So that way it's going to help you to get ready for the new year. And you can see if there's any opportunities for you to change some things, any feedback that you're getting. For me, I love complaints. Um, I get frustrated actually when folks don't even take the time to provide feedback. For me, that's bad. Like if you can't take the time to even give me feedback, that means that you just must not be happy. <laughs> and so the other side of that is like complaints. I would rather get a complaint than to hear nothing because at least with a complaint, I can do something with that. So I always say that practice complaints um, are gold, right? There's a lot of information in that. The good feedback too, like the kudos that you get, those are amazing. Um, but you always want to be looking for how can we refine that? So inside of your practice experience, it's all about fulfillment. So that's going to be your providers. That's going to be the folks who, administratively who might be helping folks get scheduled, answering the phone, answering emails, um, any kind of forward facing or outward facing, um, you know, position where people are actually passing through. And so you want to make sure that that practice experience is on point. So if you're on our email list, there's a great book that you've already been recommended. It's called The Ultimate Question 2.0. And it honestly, it comes down to one question. Like, so if you're struggling, I don't want to create a whole formal survey. Ask one question. Would you recommend us to it to your friends? You know, or would you just recommend us? If the answer is yes, great. If the answer is no, that's a problem, right? So you want everyone to recommend you. I know that's my goal. We always strive for excellence. That's, you know, kind of the perfectionist in me. Um, and so anytime, like, even if we get good, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, what was good? Why was it good? Why were you not excellent? So I'm always striving for excellence. But at the end of the day, I always want people to feel comfortable referring people to me uh, to help, right? And so your practice is the exact same way, exact same way. So that's practice experience. So those are your six pillars. So when we're sitting down business planning, just to wrap this up, when we're sitting down for business planning, you want to pay attention to your you first right? So what's happening with you? What is happening with you? What do you have coming up in quarter four that you need to plan for? What do you have coming up that, or what do you need to do for yourself to help you be successful in quarter four, right? So making sure that you're scheduling those things or incorporating it or blocking off time, all of that's important. The second pillar is financial, which will always be a pillar. I will tell you sometimes when it comes to these pillars, you might have more focuses, in different pillars, like more heavy focuses in specific quarters compared to other quarters, right? So for example, for quarter four, quarter three, we did a lot of heavy marketing. That's why I was doing speaking engagements. That's why we started this podcast. Right now, my focus is more visibility. So with that, it, it, in alignment for what I want for visibility, right? And so with that, um, that's one of our main focuses. So that's gonna be a heavy focus for quarter four for me. Operationally, we're refining some things, right? But like some of this stuff is just happening naturally. So you might not necessarily have plans or intentions or goals in every single pillar. So I want you to recognize that too. So you can only really focus on, I would say maybe three to five 
in any given time, like within a month or a day or a quarter anyway. So if you have like 20 goals that are listed because you've gone through this process, please pick your top three or five. <laughs> like do not, do not say like, oh, I'm going to achieve all these goals. No, you'll be tired. You will be tired and you'll be quit. It's like when you start running or exercising and you're like all gun ho and then you actually dive into it and you're like, man, I'm tired. So same thing with business planning. So just pick out your top three to five that you want to achieve for the quarter and go from there. But yeah, so financial is the second pillar. Uh, so the money piece is definitely important. Marketing, I'm going to say, should always be part of that. That's going to help you with the financial and revenue piece. Um, and so that is the third pillar. The next pillar is operations. So that is how you feel. I'm going to recommend for you to always be asking that question. How do things feel? Asking your team, how do things feel? Uh, when it comes to workflows, processes, and systems, it's a feeling. And then it's your team pillar. So how are things going with your team? Making sure that you're taking inventory of that. What changes need to happen either with the positions? What's the next position you need to hire for? And is there anything that needs to be done differently with that team member? And then we have practice experience. And so practice experience is all about making sure that your practice remains referable, right? So those are your six pillars. Those are your six pillars. So have fun with this. Sit down, have your favorite be beverage. Um, you know, at this point in time of me recording this episode it is early in the morning. So you can probably hear that in my voice, but enjoy this process. Have fun with it. Take, have fun. Like we've had clients take business planning and go to the beach, you know, for a weekend. Or we've had, you know, where you can just, just have fun with it. Just enjoy it. It's not about perfection. Your plans will potentially change, you know, but it's just the goal of this is to actually go in the quarter with a plan, with a, with a map, you know, with a roadmap of where things need to go. So that way, when you're trying to explain it, especially if you have a team, it's so much easier to say, hey guys, this is where we're headed. This is where the ship is going compared to if you're just showing up day after day, like, well, I guess there's people on the schedule. Let's go ahead and see the people. Uh, that's not how you show up in business. That is not how you show up in business. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for listening and happy quarter four. Cannot wait to see what you guys accomplish. Definitely feel free if you're on our email list, please respond. I mean, I actually um, am on the other side of that. So you can reply back. Let me know what you think. Let me know what goals you said. If you need any help or support or accountability, you know I'm here for you. So we have private practice CEO that we are officially enrolling in for the fall. So you can go ahead and apply. The link to apply is actually in the show notes. And I hope that you guys have an amazing day. Bye. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and it empowers you as the CEO of your practice. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure you subscribe, share the message, and leave a review. If you want more information and support in growing and scaling your practice, click the link in the show notes to take advantage of our free resources or apply to work with me directly. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.